read the very popular Am I the Asshole post recently about the woman who wants to name her firstborn son Gaylord? I did not. So this woman basically posted saying that this was a family name and she has always like known that if she was going to have a son, she was going to name him Gaylord. Okay, I have one question. Is this a sleeper advertisement for some kind of Meet the Parents sequel? I, I don't, I don't know. So they, so she was like, my husband even agreed to this when we got married. Like, oh, it's like in the prenup. I don't know. So she basically says like, she was like, I feel like I would get disowned by my grandfather if this didn't happen, which clearly led everyone to extrapolate that there was money involved. Um, and she's really worried about the inheritance. Then she gets pregnant. They find out it's a boy. And the husband is like, I only agreed to the name Gaylord because I thought this would never happen, basically. And now, and the, so the woman was like, well, now he's taking back, like, you know, he's taking it back. He's like, he's not agreeing to let me name him Gaylord. Um, but I, I don't think it's such a big deal. Like, you know, people are just homophobic. Like, it's going to be fine in a few years. I'm going to call him Gale. Like, and like everyone in the comments was like, Gale, Gale is also not good. Oh, and then no. homophobia is not the issue here. And then she was like, people would never have to know this was. And it was like, yes, of course they would. First day of school. Like kids would know. Oh, no. So this was like last week. Then a few days ago, this woman posted again saying that she had discovered that her husband and her mother-in-law had been trying to help her have a girl this whole time that she didn't know. Like, he was feeding her, like, a lot of, like, Swiss chard and keeping the house very warm. And there were all these crystals. And she was like, I have been the subject of witchcraft. Oh, God. So basically, the husband had agreed to the name Gaylord, thinking that he could somehow influence her body with crystals. Was he planning to do this every time? Like, what if they really wanted a son? They could end up in a reverse Weasley situation. Unclear. But he wanted to avoid having sons because he knew that the son would be called Gaylord. Honestly, that's understandable. So understandable, right? It's just cruel. Even the other day, I saw an article where someone was being like, and I worry for my son, Larry. And I'm like, is it because you named him Larry? A child in 2020 named Larry? I never think of children being named Larry. Like when I when you say the name Larry, like I think of an adult man. So it's hard for me to picture like a two year old running around and for her, the mother to be like, hey, Larry, come back. I pray it's short for Lawrence, which isn't an amazing name for a child, but certainly better than Larry. It is better than Larry. Larry's a very bad name. But compared to Gaylord, bring it on. I'm so sorry to any listeners who have had Larry and Gaylord on their <laughs> boys names list for years. So just our opinions. But don't name your son Gaylord. Don't name him Gaylord. Just why would you do that to a person? I really wonder if it's a meet the parents joke. It's apparently not a joke. Like she's very serious. Her father consulted a lawyer, says she can legally name him Gaylord without her husband's consent. Oh, oh that's gonna go well. Yep. Okay, well, good luck to you. I'll send you the link after this. I don't want to read it. <laughs> I feel so sad, and I just don't need that in my life. Welcome to Romcomathon. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Kat. And today we're here to talk about Set It Up, which we watched uh, last night uh, with a viewing party of listeners. That was really fun. Yeah, it was lovely. 
I feel that I missed 20 to 30% of the dialogue because I was so distracted by the chat box, but it's okay because I've already seen this movie. Yeah, exactly. I was like, this wouldn't have been great for a movie I was viewing for the first time, but it was fine for a movie I was viewing for like the third time. Oh, really? I think I've only seen it the one other time, but I remembered all the major plot points, so, like, it was okay. Should I summarize? Oh, so quick. We're jumping, like, right into it. Um, Zoe Deutsch? Dutch? How do we pronounce her last name? I always thought it was Deutsch, but I don't know. Let's just go with Deutsch, because I forgot to look it up on YouTube. I'm so sorry, Zoe. Zoe Deutsch is a wannabe journalist who works as an assistant to Lucy Liu, a hotshot sports journalist who is her professional hero, but unfortunately a terrifying horrible boss. Glenn Powell, meanwhile, is assistant to Tay Diggs, an equally terrifying and horrible venture capitalist. One fateful midnight, they're both trying to get dinner for their scary bosses and they run into each other in the lobby. And they kind of become friends and eventually hatch a plan. Or maybe she hatches it and he gets on board. Yes, she comes up with the plan initially. Um, They're going to set their terrible bosses up with each other. And when Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs are happy and getting laid, they'll finally get time off or a promotion or whatever it is they want. Yeah, basically they're like, oh, they're so unpleasant because they're not fucking anyone. So I know, let's just have them fuck each other. This was like a lot of like ifs. Yes, these two lonely, horrible people are surely perfect for each other. Anyway, shenanigans ensue. Miraculously, this kind of works. I think it only works because they are both attractive people. Like, if one of them was less attractive, this guy would have <laughs> never had a chance at hell. But it's Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs. So after a series of odd interactions, they start dating, and Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell become work neighbor pals, scheming up a storm and, like, patching up relationship problems secretly in their boss's relationship. You know, like, totally normal stuff. But then everything starts to go wrong because Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs inexplicably get engaged after like a hot minute, which you would think would be good news because at first it's like, oh, all of their dreams are coming true. Vacation, promotion, hooray. Except as it turns out, Tay Diggs is cheating on Lucy Liu with his ex-wife that he's still hung up on. Yeah. So that's not amazing. And Zoe Deutsch finds out and obviously she's like, oh no, we can't let this happen. But Glenn Powell is all wishy-washy about it. So they have a falling out. So on her own, Zoe Deutsch goes and comes clean to Lucy Liu, weirdly leading with the setup scheme and not mentioning the cheating. And she gets herself fired, but without solving the problem of stopping Lucy Liu from marrying Tay Diggs. Yeah, it, it's so <laughs> inexplicable. Like, we'll talk more about this. Anyway, so she's all sad and she's at home writing. Like, finally, she has time to write and think about her writing. Meanwhile, Glenn Powell, who's still working for Tay Diggs, comes to his senses and decides to be a decent person, rushes to the airport, tells off Tay Diggs, tells Lucy Liu not to marry him, although again, not leading with the cheating. Very strange. Anyway, then Lucy Liu, who was apparently a decent person under all the horrible boss behavior. Like masquerading. Supposedly. As like, yeah, exactly. Um, takes Zoe Deutsch back but as a writer rather than as an assistant and she and Glenn Powell reconcile and they all probably live happily ever after for a couple of years. The end. Before we get into this, I'd first like to apologize because in the chat box yesterday, I kept calling her Maya because I inexplicably thought that was her name. And then I looked it up and I was like, her name is Zoe. I don't know why I thought her name was Maya. 
Yes, I was confused because I thought you had conflated her character name and that's why you were calling her Maya instead of Harper. I didn't realize that you full-on thought Zoe Deutsch's name was Maya. Yes, I don't know what actress I thought Zoe Deutsch was, but I fully thought she was somebody else. So... I don't understand why neither Zoe Deutsch nor Glenn Powell talked about the cheating because the cheating was the whole thing that brought their plan to a standstill. Like originally they were both fine to let them go ahead and get married. Like Zoe Deutsch was like, okay, yeah, like whatever makes her happy. Like they thought it was weird, but I think they were like, well, they're older. Who's to say they're both successful. Lucy Liu probably knows what she wants. But but then Tay Diggs, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Exactly. And it's so weird because basically when Zoe Deutsch goes to tell Lucy Lou, she goes and like crashes. Lucy Lou's at like a friend's baby shower or like what, engagement party or whatever. And Zoe Deutsch basically goes and like crashes this event and goes up to Lucy Lou and is like, you can't marry Tay Diggs. Um, instead of telling you why you can't actually marry Tay Diggs, let me tell you that I have schemed to set you up this whole time. And obviously she gets fired. <laughs> Yes, I too would probably fire this girl. But more to the point, I'm a little concerned for her future as a journalist because I'm not sure she knows how to structure a tale. Yes, she's really burying the lead. So before Zoe Deutsch can even get to the cheating part, Lucy Liu is like, oh, well, you're fired for meddling in my personal life. Reasonable. And Zoe Deutsch is like, oh, okay. Doesn't send like a follow-up email to be like, hey, by the way, Tay Diggs is also cheating on you. Like doesn't try to get word to her otherwise. Just like leaves. And then later when Glenn Powell comes to his senses and like, you know, grows a conscience or whatever, he runs off to the airport to stop Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu from going off to their, you know, Caribbean wedding. And also doesn't lead with the cheating. He instead says something about how like, well, you know, Tay Diggs doesn't really know you at all, Lucy Liu. Like, how could you marry a man who like doesn't even like know your favorite things? Because I don't know, these people keep like itemized lists of their favorite things, I guess. Well, Glenn Powell really does for Tay Diggs. Like he has a file on his ex-wife. Tay Diggs apparently can't retain a single thing about the women he sleeps with or marries. Um, what though? I couldn't remember. Does Glenn Powell even mention the cheating or does he not even get to it? I feel like he didn't even get to the cheating. I can't quite remember, but I feel like he's more like, you know, what do you even know about her? Like, you know, what do you even know? Like, you know, and then Lucy Liu is like, what's my favorite color? Where's my favorite place? What's my favorite food? Like this impromptu pop quiz in the middle of the terminal. Frankly, I'm not sure that I could answer this about the people that I love. Well, this. How many people have one favorite food and one favorite color, one favorite place? Children. That's who. Yes. People who frequently play icebreaker games. And Tay Diggs is like, I'm an amina. And Lucy Liu's like, well, I'm leaving you. Not even getting to the cheating part. The only part where they touch on is that Tay Diggs calls her Kiki, which is the name of his ex-wife, but her name is Kirsten. And so that's kind of maybe alluding to the fact that she's being cheated on or like it's another woman's name. But as one of our listeners, friend Savannah, pointed out in the chat, Kiki actually is a nickname for Kirsten on the OC. So I don't know. Does this argument hold water? Here's a question. Do we believe that Lucy Liu is a good person underneath her horrible behavior? She is an extremely toxic boss. 
The fact that at the end of the film, when Zoe Deutsch is like picking up her stuff and Lucy Liu is there, Lucy Liu says to her, the only reason I was so hard on you is because like you need to grow a thicker skin to like work in this environment or like work in this field. Like I was just trying to prepare you for that. That's a horrible excuse. Or you could make the work environment less toxic. Um, oh, she also mentions, though, that basically she's jealous of Zoe Deutsch for being young and having perfect skin. And I was like, but you look amazing. You look ageless. I, wh- why? Like, if you were Lucy Liu, would you be jealous of Zoe Deutsch? Like, what? I don't understand. Like, she's cute and all, but... But those cheekbones, Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu looks amazing. That's really all there is to be said. But I truly think she's a horrible boss. Like, I just don't think she... I don't think there should be redemption for her, necessarily. Like, yeah, like, I'm glad she didn't marry Tay Diggs, but she treated Zoe Deutsch horrendously. Often in a very funny way, of course. This is a comedy. But, like, she was often so mean that you were like, this doesn't seem like someone who is nice underneath. I'm not sure I buy this turn. Or she's just, like, so angry with her life all the time. Like, maybe you should be in therapy instead. At least she wasn't Tay Diggs, who was, like, violent. Yes. That was unpleasant that that was kind of treated as this joke where he was trying to like smash through windows and like destroyed Glenn Powell's laptop and just like tear like, you know, just like tearing things apart at his office when he is upset. Yeah, I was like, gee, I hope work's paying for this. Actually, looking back at when we reviewed this for the blog, I think we enjoyed this much more last time. And I wonder if we've changed or if we were watching more critically because other people were there. Or if it just wasn't as funny to us, like, a second time. Yeah, yeah. I think it is, like, initially played for laughs. Like, yeah, this is kind of funny. But (laughs) I do think because last night I was watching a little more piecemeal because of the chat, like, I think... More jarring. Yeah, like, isolated incidents. I was like, oh, this is not great. (laughs) Like, oh, a sudden meltdown from this adult man in an office. But I think the film as a whole is still pretty funny. Like, I I think it's a pretty solid rom-com if you can sort of, you know, not watch it with a fairly critical lens. Well, as with all rom-coms, we're like, this behavior's not normal, but it is a movie. Um, Speaking of behavior that's not normal, I cannot believe that in our first viewing, we did not notice that Glenn Powell doesn't pay for food in this movie. Yeah, that was an oversight on our part. So in the chat last night, some of our viewers noticed that in the like pivotal first scene where he and Zoe Deutsch meet for the first time and are like bargaining over like how they're going to split up this food that she ordered, but then he paid for, someone noticed that he didn't tip. And in fact, paid $32 to a delivery man and the order was like 31 something. So not good to start. But then... What happened later? Oh, later there's another scene where the two of them are at a Mexican restaurant just basically enjoying the free chips and water and then they both like leave. Yes, I was wondering. I was like, did they dine and dash? It wasn't really dining and dashing because as the waiter says, technically this is legal, but (laughs) like they basically sat down, were given complimentary chips and water, kept asking for complimentary chips and water, got full off the complimentary chips and water, and then never ordered actual food they would have to pay for, and then they ditched. 
Oh, and faked an emergency la- Okay. And then there's a third incident where he is on a date with his model girlfriend that he obviously leaves for Zoe Deutsch. And he basically like breaks up with her at the table, which we don't feel too bad about. Like this is not a love match. However, he's then like, I'm not your boyfriend anymore. Like I'm not paying for this, which a little harsh, although admittedly, I think he's paid for a lot of stuff. So maybe fair in the long run. But not only does he not seem to pay for her meal, it seems like he doesn't pay for his own. No, because he gets up and ditches the meal in the middle of their entree, which is steak. So it couldn't have been cheap. No, he literally says it. He says the steak is good, but it's not $70 worth. Jesus. And so he has saddled her with a $140 bill. I mean, just more. It's going to be like 200 Yeah, but like at minimum $140 and leaves. But at least leave some, like, un- I feel like the normal way that this scene would progress would he would like leave some cash on the table when he ditches. Maybe he'll Venmo her later. It doesn't seem like no, it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. In the next scene, he is eating like a street food item that I assume he did have to pay for because it came from a cart. To be fair, he did pay for the food, but we're not happy that he did not tip. Although, reasonable question to just ask, like, what place in New York is delivering and then you pay in cash when they get there in the year, like, 2018 or whenever this movie came out? Yeah, it's pretty wild. I, this is a bad business model and this restaurant must lose out on somebody. What kind of sustainable practice is this? But people used to do it all the time. Like, you know, it used to be like a pizza would come and you would pay in cash at the door. But I just don't think it's as common now. No, because most people would prefer to just pay and tip all online. Specifically, I find this weird because the food that they have, like truffle mac and cheese, this is clearly some kind of like fancy gastropub. Yeah. And it's bizarre to me that they would not have paid either ahead of time or, but also if Zoe Deutsch, she's like arguing with the delivery person, like I order from this place like all the time. How does she not know they're cash only? Maybe they're cash only after a certain time of night. Maybe the, maybe they've shut down their machines. Like, I don't know. I don't know how restaurants work, I guess. Anyway... Let's talk about how no one in this movie seems to understand Cyrano de Bergerac. Okay, yes. What happens is Zoe Deutsch keeps referencing Cyrano. To be fair, she might know what it means. Yes. But basically, after many references to Cyrano, she suddenly discovers that Glenn Powell doesn't know what Cyrano is. So... For anyone who listened to the half of it, it's basically that. It's writing or speaking for someone else as part of like helping them woo someone. And once Zoe Deutsch explains this to Glenn Powell, he's like, oh, no, but we're not Cyranoing, we're parent trapping, which is true. Yes. But then they start Cyranoing a little. But then at the end, when Glenn Powell gets tricked by Lucy Liu into coming to make up with Zoe Deutsch, he's like, I get what it is now. Cyranoing, she Cyranoed us. And it's like a charming callback, only not because in fact, what Lucy Liu has done is parent trapping, but barely even parent trapping because by definition, that should be very involved. And all Lucy Liu really did is call him to show up. It's just a low effort ambush or blind date, which doesn't deserve either of these titles, but also Glenn Powell's learned nothing. I mean, I hope he pays for some future meals with Zoe Deutsch. But I think Zoe Deutsch condones his dine and dash lifestyle. Well, yeah, because she was the one who first dined and dashed, basically. They're not going to be a very pleasant couple. No, I don't think so. You know who I enjoyed a lot, though, in this film? Gay Pete Davidson. Yes, I had totally forgotten he was in that movie. 
Do you think, though, that for the rest of Pete Davidson's hopefully lengthy career, we will all remain fixated on his brief engagement to Ariana Grande? Yes, I will. I think that we will be like 50 and we will see him in a movie and he'll be, what, like 40 something? I don't know how much younger than us he is. And we will be like, remember when he was engaged to Ariana Grande? I would like to know if he's going to look like a meth addict for the rest of his life or if this is just a phase or this is just his face. I think it's just his face. That's unfortunate. He's got some stuff, but I don't think meth is one of them. Yeah. He was enjoyable in his role. I particularly liked when he throws an iced coffee all over Tay Diggs at the end. Yes. He's like, do you still work for this guy? No. Perfect. Which is fair because Tay Diggs was an even worse boss than Lucy. Yes. If you can believe it. Um... You know what I did enjoy was that during our entire chat last night, we and our listeners were just constantly like, or Zoe Deutsch could end up with Lucy Liu. Maybe she's actually in love with Lucy Liu. And then after a bit, I don't remember what Glenn Powell did or said, but we were like, or maybe he's the one who's in love with his boss. And then I went and looked at our blog post from when this originally came out. And apparently on the first viewing as well, when we looked at the poster, we were like, is this a movie about them both being gay and in love with their bosses? So That would also be a film that I would watch. But then we'd have so many concerns about power dynamics. See, I support the Lucy Liu Zoe Deutsch film that will happen, you know, in five years. Yes, like I would love if Lucy Liu were like a slightly better person, if Zoe Deutsch then left this job forever and she was like, okay, fuck you. And then she became really independently successful as a rival sports journalist. And then they could meet on different, more equal terms. That would be delightful. I would love for Netflix to make this film if anyone's listening. Well, you know she's going to break up with Glenn Powell in a couple of years. Or... They might stay together and go on a crime spree. Of dining and dashing. Yes. You, you get okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I would watch that too. I must say, that scene when they dine and dash, and she's like, oh my god, an emergency? And Glenn Powell is like, oh my god, the whole leg is hilarious. It's very funny. And the waiter is also good. That poor waiter. That man needs a raise. So how many people of color did you count in this film? Because we were trying to count as we went along. I think there were about a half dozen who had actual parts, most notably Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs, but also like model girlfriend, Titus the elevator guy, unfortunate peeing delivery man. That's the worst scene, by the way. The jewelry girl. Yes, lady at the ring store and like a couple of extras. Yeah. It was like pretty decently. For a movie that had white leads, like it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up the worst scene. I think we don't even have to discuss this. The worst scene is definitely when Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch first try to trap Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs together in a meet cute in the elevator of their building. And they rope in their like creepy maintenance man, who's played by Titus Burgess, into like just stopping the elevator randomly. However, this UPS man basically gets in the elevator with them. And I don't know, Titus is like, I'm just gonna stop the elevator anyway. And when they get trapped there, the UPS guy is like, I do not do well in confined spaces and starts inexplicably taking off all his clothes and then peeing into some cups he was supposed to be delivering. And it's terrible. I will say that there is a hint in that scene that Lucy Liu might be a better person than Tay Diggs because she is being like, stress incontinence is a real condition. You're being very insensitive. (laughs) 
<laughs> Whereas Tay Diggs is just, to be fair, understandably horrified. I, I mean, I too would be horrified. Um, speaking of Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs, just to be clear, the characters are awful, but they both give wonderful performances. They do, it's true. Yeah. They're very funny when they get in the fight in the middle because he doesn't understand K-Barbecue. That's very funny. They're both being appalling people in their separate offices, but some of it is funny. And maybe the best line that we kept repeating, which was apparently also the best line last time, was Lucy Liu being like, do you know how many men proposed to me in my 20s? I could be thrice divorced by now. It is the best line. So I feel that when I am older, if I'm in a situation where I feel disrespected, I'm just going to say I could be thrice divorced by now. Amazing. Forever. That is my favorite line of the film. I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite scene. I definitely had that worst scene. But there are quite a few like scenes that I enjoy. Like I do enjoy when they are all at the Yankees game trying to get Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs to kiss on the kiss cam. Um, that's pretty funny, <laughs> especially because Zoe Deutsch says one of my favorite lines of the film, which is kiss, kiss, like something. It's the, kiss law. the law. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a great line. I also love when, I think I missed when they actually had this exchange, but I remembered it when it got called back, which is Zoe Deutsch talks about how sometimes you over dick around, which is to say that you get overconfident because you have some extra time before something and then suddenly wind up being late because you've like fucked around too much. And at first he's like, you're nuts. But then it happens to him later and he's like, oh my God, I did the thing. I also like when Zoe Deutsch's best friend and roommate, in order to push her to write, because Zoe Deutsch is like, I can't write, I'm so bad, everything coming out is garbage, basically gives her this like long speech about how she just needs to write something and just like get it together and like just turn something out, even if it's really shitty and bad. And it's such a good speech. It really is. I totally forgot about her friend, much like Pete Davidson. Yes, me too. Um, But anyway... I still think this is like a pretty solid rom-com, even though like I didn't enjoy it fully like this time around, but I didn't like not enjoy it. It wasn't like terrible. Yeah. No, I had a good time. Um, I think my immediate instinct making notes afterwards was like a seven or an eight. We apparently gave it a nine last time and I don't know if it really holds up to a nine on a second viewing. I think there's so many elements about this film I enjoy, but not necessarily, I don't have a lot of like feelings about Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch. I think I had more feelings about them as a couple last time we watched the film and not really this time. Like when they kiss at the end, I was like, eh, you know. I don't think we really were able to sit in it with all the other people talking. Exactly. But they're cute. Like they have some stuff, but it wasn't bad. Like it wasn't repulsive. I was like, oh, this love confession isn't horrible. Yeah. I would maybe give it an eight. I think like I would still recommend it as a good rom-com. Netflix could, should and could make more of these. In my head, seven is always the holiday. So I do think eight seems appropriate. Yeah, but we're not big on the holiday. People are so devoted to the holiday. It's not like I mind the holiday. The holiday has some really beautiful shots of Kate Winslet's cottage. So that's like half the seven right there. You know what's a great pivot from this movie, though? We just did a Cyrano movie. Maybe next we should do The Parent Trap. I think that would be great. We know that technically Parent Trap is not a rom-com, but it's our podcast. It's a rom-com in our hearts. We make the rules. And many people have been asking us to do it, and I think we should give the people what they want. Yeah, and us. We should give us what we want. Yes, it is one of my three favorite movies. (laughs) See, even you, you have three favorites. Right? Like Lucy Liu only has one favorite food, <laughs> one favorite color, one favorite place, everything else. Ugh, but one favorite. 
I often feel like I'm notoriously wishy-washy about favorites though. Like I've always hated Icebreakers partly for that reason. I'm like, I don't want one movie to define me. I don't even know if I actually have three favorites. What I mean is that it's one of three movies that are downloaded onto my phone. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and thank you to the viewers who joined us last night um, on our Netflix party. We would love to do more of those in the future. So look out for those. And if you have any things you would like us to talk about in our next episode, The Parent Trap, let us know. Talk to us on social media and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at Romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and Romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.